0: As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.
1: Welcome to Home Group. It's Friday night, and we've had quite a week studying about being in the right place at the right time. And tonight, we're going to wrap it up, and it's going to be great. And I want to welcome Denise, Paul, and Joel. And I want to welcome you. We're so glad that you've joined us for a Home Group. But, Denise, welcome to tonight.
2: Thank you, Rick. Home group, welcome. Hasn't this been awesome? Have you found yourself in this teaching this week?
1: I found myself in this teaching this week. Well, I'm going to be asking you some
3: questions tonight, so get ready. Okay. Okay, Paul. Hi, everybody. Tell us where you have joined us from tonight, what city or what church you go to. It'd be very interesting. Also, be prepared to learn, because when we come together, the home group, it's a learning time. It's also a vulnerable time. Apparently... There'll be some questions. Yes, I'm excited
0: about questions. Hey, Joel. Hey, Dad. I am looking forward to hearing the special mm-hmm. question you have prepared. I am looking forward to it. Well. But home group, good. hold on. We don't know what
1: it is. So listen carefully tonight.
2: Yeah, because it's a surprise.
1: And remember that if you need prayer, we're here for you. And we would love to pray with you. We really would. Amen. Just give us a ring, 1-800-742-5593. Or send us your email at prayer at renner.org. Either way, whether you call or whether you write, as soon as we hear from you, we're going to begin to pray for you. We pray for you anyway. And when you tell us how to pray, we just do a better job. And by the way, if you have a comment, please comment. We read all your comments. You've had some very interesting comments this week. I found it very interesting and very enjoyable. I've learned a lot from you and I want to say thank you for your comments. And I want to remind you that right now you can get the free download, Being in the Right Place at the Right Time at renner.org. Go there right now. Don't let this go by this week. I want you to have this. It's free. You'll love it. And we're also offering you the series by the same name, which I'm teaching in my regular TV program. And this is the last day this week we're offering this. And not only is this wonderful teaching, but the introductions and all of these programs are in Antioch. Mm. Everything we're talking about, it's right there in Antioch. You'll love it. And we're offering you my book called, The Will of God, The Key to Your Success. But hey guys, reach for your Bibles. Are you ready? Mm. We always use the Bible in home group. And tonight we're gonna go back to Acts chapter 13, verse one, we're gonna jump to verse two, but let's begin in verse one. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch, there we are, Antioch, certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manian, which had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch and Saul. Before we go any further, have you guys learned anything about this group of people?
3: It was a, it's an amazing group of people that in other situations would have probably never been able to work together.
1: They, it would have been forbidden. But in Christ, we can work with everybody. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, people, people right now who are like this group, Don't consider themselves that they want to work together.
1: But you know what? In Jesus, race disappears. It all disappears. Color disappears. It disappears. Ethnicity, gender, it all disappears in Jesus. We're all one in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, let's continue. Look at verse 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto... I have called them. I just want to point something out about the word ministered. Are you guys ready to learn something new? Mm -hmm. There's real insight here. We find out that these elders at this early moment in the church were already in full-time ministry. That was a brand new development. How do I know they were in full-time ministry? Because of the word ministered, this particular Greek word depicts one who served the state as a full-time employee. This is a full-time employee. These elders were full-time in the ministry at this point. It depicts one who serves full-time in public religious service. It was used in the Old Testament Septuagint to describe the full-time service of priests and Levites. So these men are serving their church full-time, which means already by this time there was a full-time staff in the church. I think that's interesting. Yes, it's encouraging. And the Holy Ghost said. Well, the word said, the Greek word apen, literally means said. You say, well, Rick, that's what it says. Why are you pointing that out? Because it means the Holy Spirit's voice can be heard. How was it heard? Through the gift of prophecy. And through the gift of prophecy, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto... I have called them. The word separate, the Greek word aphorizo, this is a very important word. The word aphorizo means to mark off, mark them off. It means to put boundaries around, which carries the idea of limitation. If you've got boundaries around you, it means you can't do everything, but your calling is very limited. It's very specific. It means to specifically set aside, to dedicate, for a special purpose or to designate. When the Holy Spirit said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereinto I have called them, it meant they had a very specific calling. God put borders around them. God gave them limitations. And you know what? You need to understand, you can't do everything. People who try to do everything end up not doing anything. Mm-hmm. God wants to make you like a river that has boundaries. If you don't have boundaries, you just kind of go all over the place and you don't go very far because there's not enough of you to go very far. Eventually you just dry out and run out. But when you have boundaries, you're like a river that is, has current that is directed. It's very powerful. And the Holy Spirit gives us boundaries. And when I hear somebody, for example, in the ministry, and they begin to describe that they're going to do this, and 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 they're going to do this, this, I know they're bound for real frustration. It's just too much. You've got to find what you're called to do and stay in your track, stay in your lane. And when the Holy Spirit said, separate me, that Greek word, "aphorizo" meant there were going to be boundaries. Paul and Barnabas were going to be called to be apostles to the Gentiles. Gentiles. To the Gentile world. That was very, very specific. And this verse says, separate me Barnabas and Saul for, <coughs> I'm even going to teach on the word for. In Greek it is the word ice. The word ice literally means into, listen to this, it denotes movement, purpose, and transition. Transition which means they couldn't just walk out that day. But when the Holy Spirit said, separate me for the Greek word ice, it meant now it's time to begin movement. Now it's time to begin transition. These men were full time. We've already seen that because of the word ministry. They couldn't just walk away from the church. They had to go through a process of disconnecting from responsibilities. They had to begin movement, move into transition, in order to do what God had called them to do. We don't know from Acts chapter 13 how long it took. It appears that they were able to do it very quickly. But the usage of this word ice means they had to disconnect. Movement had to begin. They had to go through a period of transition so they could be free of responsibilities to move into their ministry. And sometimes when God calls you to do something, you got to go through a process. You can't just start the next day, but you begin movement toward it you begin through transition. Any comments?
3: Here in uh, Acts chapter 13, verses 1, 2, and 3, there's quite a bit of time that goes by here. There is. Uh, And so the, the story seems very short, but there's actually quite a bit of time. And even in between verses 2 and 3, it says, and they fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them and sent them away. So they fasted and prayed. It means when they heard from the Holy Spirit about separating they took action, mm-hmm. they fasted and prayed. They didn't just do it immediately, they actually went through a process of preparing themselves and separating themselves and making sure that this is actually the right thing that they heard. And so there was,
1: there was a little time there. People make the assumption that it happened quickly because it said it sent them away, but actually sent them away, in Greek is the word apostolos, the word for apostolic ministry. It really means they released them into apostolic ministry. It doesn't mean that happened right then. The word ice tells us emphatically, movement began, transition began, and probably pretty quickly, we don't know how quick, but time was involved. They disconnected from responsibilities, and if you read further, they went on down to the port, and Paul, you and I went to that port, it's an amazing place, and from there they launched out. You know what, I have a whole series on this too. How to launch out into your God-called assignment. You need to know how to launch out into your God-called assignment. They didn't just get up and walk away. You can't do that. That's not real. You have to be able to disconnect. In fact, it would be irresponsible just to get up and walk away. You've got to take care of people. You've got to disconnect. God wants you to do things right. And they did it right. Joel? I think about what you said,
0: you you need to be directional in what you're doing. You talked about a river having banks. Yes. And I think Apostle Paul, he did a lot with his life. He definitely did. But I think he did it one achievement at a time. He's, he, he started so many churches. He didn't start all his churches at the same day. He, start, he did so much over years. And I think that we underestimate what we can do in, in a decade, but we overestimate what we can do in one year. You know, in the long term, you can do so much with your life. And I
1: think the Apostle Paul is a great example of that. Oh, he is. But I want to read to you from the will of God, the key to your success. Listen to this. Going where you feel comfortable and being where God wants you to be are often two separate things that don't coincide. And that's the truth. You may have heard people incorrectly say, God will never call you where you're not comfortable. Forgive me for being blunt, but it doesn't take too much deep thinking to realize that statement is totally out of sync with biblical reality. If, you, if that stay where your comfortable mentality had been embraced by Christians of the first century, It is questionable whether you and I would be saved today. We heard the gospel and responded to its truth in our generation because other believers were willing to be the first to go where they were not comfortable to bring the gospel to the lost. We are the fruit of courageous Christians who ventured beyond their comfort zones to go where they never dreamed they would go. And the Bible is filled with people. God called to places and to people who are not naturally comfortable to them. And if you've bought into this fictional way of thinking that God calls you only to places and situations where you're comfortable, then you can kiss adventure in God goodbye because they'll never be yours. You'll never go far from your little neighborhood or your small circle of friends. That kind of thinking will stop you from reaching nations, achieving dreams, or moving mountains by faith. To do the impossible, you must be willing to stretch. And that means being willing to go to places that are totally unknown to you and to people to whom you're not naturally drawn. It may sound scary, but by God's grace, you'll be empowered and you can do it if you're willing to say yes and to obey. And Paul was taken to Antioch to a place where he was totally uncomfortable. But listen to this, eventually the moment comes for you to launch out into God's plan. It is a watershed moment that changes everything. And that's what happened to Saul, who, of course, became Paul. Saul had just a watershed moment in his life in Antioch, and it changed the course of his life. But he had to get in that place first. After serving alongside other leaders in the church in Antioch for a number of years, we can safely conclude that he was eager to get started in his own ministry even as he waited and waited and waited for God's perfect timing. And here's what I write. You could say he was like a huge jumbo jet sitting on the runway, fueled up and ready to fly, waiting for the Lord to say, now is the time to get going. Then one day when the leaders of Antioch were praying together prophetic words at its time. And with one directive from the Holy Spirit, he launched into his calling eight years after he had been in Antioch. After proving himself faithful during those years, he arrived at the golden moment for his dream to be birthed. And with this clear prophetic word from the leaders in Antioch, they laid their hands on him and he stepped out in faith to begin his apostolic ministry with Barnabas at his side. But it had to begin by being in the right place at the right time. He couldn't skip that step. People who try to skip steps, they just see the plan delayed, 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 delayed. Don't skip steps. You know, we're told in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. Now, he who has anointed you and has established you in Christ is God. I'm sorry, he established and anointed. The order is really important. Most people want to be anointed. But that verse says, he established you in Christ and anointed you. Mm -hmm. You cannot skip being established. Big anointings go to those that are established. You can't skip steps. You can't get the cart before the horse. You know, years ago, I was so eager. Even in the early years when we moved to the Soviet Union, I tried to do a lot of things out of order. I wanted to really do the big stuff before I did the small stuff. You know, Dr. Bennett once said to me, I said, Dr. Bennett, he's the man that trained me. I said, I want to do some big things for God. He said, Rick, I'm sure you do. But I haven't seen you do the little things yet. That offended me so much. I remember thinking, oh. I'd like to knock him up this side of the head. He was so hard. He said, I haven't seen you do the little things. But you know, he was right. God waits for you to do the little things before he gives you the big things. He that established us and then anoints us. You can't skip steps. And Antioch was an essential step. And you know what? It was a really hard place for Paul to be in, but he fell in love with the church of Antioch. And every time he could guess where he went, he went home to Antioch. Those black brothers, slaves, Romans who were now in Christ, they became his best friends. He loved the church of Antioch. Paul? Oh,
3: it's wonderful because you have to do the little things first. You have to go through all the little, little steps. Right now in Moscow, we're working on our Southwest affiliate. And we'll be opening a new facility soon for the Southwest Affiliate. We're really, really excited about it. The church is one year old in the southwest of Moscow. And now towards the beginning of their second year, uh, we're already preparing a facility for them. But in preparation for the facility, it's time to start getting people together. They haven't had space for to hold a service for a little while, and it's time to start getting people together. And right now, I'm meeting with the leaders and the people who serve in the Southwest Church weekly, and I just have to start. You say, hey, come on, let me show you the space. Let's pray together. Let's sing together. It's not very big, but you have to do the little things. You have to build the relationships. You have to invest the time. And when you build the relationships, when you invest the time, when you... Prove to people that it's the relationships that matter. That's that's where the real growth happens. Joel, I, I was listening to one
0: successful person. He says he, he he was being called an overnight success. He said, right, an overnight success that took 25 years to make. He said it didn't happen overnight, and he was working 25 years ago to lay the foundations of his organization and he became successful. And I think it's true that as you lay those important foundations, you said be established Mm -hmm. as you establish those things in your life, those very important foundational things later on, it is easier to be more successful, but it's those first foundational stones that I think are so very important. They're the
1: ones who allow you to get successful. And I think that's true. All right. I said that I was going to ask some questions tonight. Did you show you ready? I'm ready. Paul, Joel, are you ready? I don't know. Yeah. Okay, here we go. By the way, nobody's rehearsed here. They have not heard these questions. Being in the right environment is a major key to developing your gifts and your call. Briefly describe, briefly, the environment you're living in right now and how it is preparing you for your next step, Joel. So how is my environment preparing you for your next next step?
0: well, that assumes I know what the next step is. <laughs> but I believe that God directs the steps of righteous man. So I need to be faithful for where I am so that I am ready for the next step. I don't know what the next step is for my life, but I'm sure God made one. And if I'm
3: faithful where I am, I believe God will call me the next step. Paul? Okay. I can speak for the last 10, 5 to 10 years of my life and where I am right now. I knew for some time that the next step would be to become the pastor of the Moscow Good News Church. And in order to be prepared, I had to be in the right place, which means doing absolutely everything in church, everything possible. I've done it. I've been there. I've been involved and learning from my father. Now, it takes time to learn. It takes time to gain experience. It takes time for your... Uh, uh, what I'm forgetting the word in English reputation to grow in the team so that you're able to take on the next step of responsibility. So that's one example of how being in the right place prepared me for the next step in my life. Now you have no idea how many hours we are in front of the camera every day. My father calls me and says, what are you doing today? I'm filming. And what are you doing today? I'm filming. What are you doing today? I'm filming, what are you filming today? Now, for some reason, I may have a clue that I need to learn how to look into a camera so <laughs> thoughts. Because if God's preparing me for the next step in my life, and right now we're filming every single day in Russian and in English, maybe I need to pay attention to that.
1: All right, I wanna answer the question before I, before I let your mother answer. Okay, I know the next phase of my life. I absolutely know it. I'm running to the end, and I intend to work for a long, long time. I plan to work for 30 more years. But for me to work my, 30, my next 30 years and my next season, I had to be able to let loose of some things. Well, I knew that Paul eventually would lead the Moscow Church. Today I'm the bishop. Paul is serving as the pastor. But you know what? For me to move into my next phase, part of my steps... Was getting him ready it's taken years it's taken years those are the steps that were required i can't do my part until he is prepared joel joel is the ceo of rick renner ministries and is doing a marvelous marvelous job because he has been prepared and because he has been willing to be adapted and to be changed today we're able to take our ministry to you and to people around the world. Joel is just guiding the whole thing. He is remarkable. But part of me running my race and going into my next phase has been preparing them. There's steps involved for all of us. It's not just about me and doing my deal. It's about getting them ready so I can do my deal. And so they can step into their ministries. There's things for all of us to do in the phase and in the environment where we are right now. Denise,
2: well, um, I mean, right now God has given me a a, a platform or a voice to speak and into Russian speaking women's lives, uh, and but it didn't start today. It, it started about twenty years ago, and and started you know with about ten women and meeting with them every every Sunday night after I'd after we'd already had three services and then I stood in front of them for two hours and and taught what the Lord was teaching me about how to build up their home and and Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and and I would leave Rick on a vacation (laughs) and come right back to to Moscow to come make my commitment to those ladies. And that happened more than once. And, and I didn't realize that God was what he was really going to do inside of women's hearts. He gave me a vision. I believed it was going to strengthen women, help women, but I never knew that it was going to go to this many women and help this many women.
1: Well, Denise, today you're reaching 10,000s of women online in the Russian language, but it started with those 10 women.
2: It started with those 10. That's what
1: Joel said. Overnight successes, they're not overnight. Mm -mm. There's years and years and years that nobody sees all the steps that you cannot skip. All right, I want to ask another question. You guys ready? Mm -hmm. Can you think of a person, a church or an organization That was once on the cutting edge, but got stopped and quit growing, and they lost their place. Can you? Yes? What can you do differently to make sure that never happens to you or to us? Joel?
0: Well, I think you always have to be hungry. You know, if if you're always open to new ideas of how to develop and how to reach more people, new technologies, the message should never change. Whatever technology, whatever avenue you have to use to reach people, those should be things you look into. And I think you always have to be hungry to grow, to learn more. You should never become complacent and just think you've reached the end goal and now you can sit back and relax. I also think you have to be around people who are hungry as well. People who are reaching out and trying to learn, aren't satisfied with where they are, they want to do more in life, they want to reach more people, they want to change people's lives. I think
3: those two things are very important. Paul? I can specifically think of two churches that at one time, here in the Russian-speaking world, at one time were the biggest, were the best, were like the only in their city. But pride, pride came in and changed that situation. And all of a sudden today, you barely hear about those churches anymore. And some young people don't even know that they existed at some time. They of course they still exist today, but they're they're far from what they used to be. Pride. Yeah, you know, it's a really important question because there was a
1: time when the Jerusalem Church was the leader, and they lost their leadership, and it was transferred to Antioch. Mm-hmm. Okay, Denise.
2: I would say forgiveness is a very powerful thing. And
1: you always talk about forgiveness.
2: Well, it you know Jesus talks about forgiveness. He does. And we wouldn't be a part of his kingdom if he hadn't forgiven us Mm -hmm. and had a plan for forgiveness. And and I think forgiveness is such a major, major key in continuing and continuing and continuing because a lot of people stop because they got bitter or they got hurt. And God wanted to do something great, but they got offended and stopped.
1: I think also, for me, I, to, to stay flexible and st- stay on the front edge, you need to be around people that are like-minded. If you're around quitters, if you're around people that are satisfied, then you're not going to be encouraged to go very far. I do not have a retirement mentality. I just don't have it. If you want to retire, I think that's fine. I have no interest in retirement. I can't imagine just sitting for the rest of my life. just can't imagine it. I mean, I I don't think Denise and I, we have ever been more prepared for life than right now. I don't don't get retirement because people finally live long enough to know something. They finally have enough experience to help somebody and then they stop. We are more prepared to help people right now than ever in our lives. But if Denise and I were surrounded by people who said, go on pension, you know what? We'd be thinking about winding down. But we surrounded ourselves with people Let's see the goal. None of us are winding down. We're running this race to the end. And I think it's very important who you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. The Apostle Paul was surrounded by a team that wanted to do whatever God said. And you know what? He had been in Antioch for eight years. It might have been that he might have also kind of thought, wow, leaving Antioch? You know, it's been a little tough, but it has been a secure place. He had to be willing to let loose of a few things to move into transition. Mm -hmm. He had to be willing to start moving. Anyway, this has been really good, guys. I think one sign, if I can say one more thing,
0: of of knowing it's time to do something new, is if you're getting comfortable where you are. I think you should never just settle down and get comfortable where you are.
1: Well, Joel, we are definitely not comfortable where we are. We are really pushing and stretching and growing. And by the way, if you need somebody to pray with you to stretch and grow, contact us. We would love to pray with you. Just call us or send us an email. And remember to ask for the free download, being in the right place at the right time. And we're out of time. But next week, guys, is going to be a whole week of questions and answers. It's going to be a blast. Don't miss next week. Sleep well. We'll see you on Monday. Bye-bye.
0: If you enjoy that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.